You know, it's, it's hard for a father to give up his first daughter. And I learned this not because I'm in any position to do that yet, but I learned this when I got to know my wife, Sarah. Maybe this is, there we go. There's a picture of us in our earlier days. I had more hair. <laughs> That's not Sarah's fault. As I expressed my interest in Sarah, she mentioned that she wanted me to communicate with her father. So, we did. We wrote back and forth on email, and the email that came back to me took me back. For her dad wanted to test me a little bit. Wanted to see that if I could prove my mettle in a variety of areas, in my fidelity, in my spirituality, as well as in my industry. As we spent time together, I was able to help him see that I was serious in all those areas. But there was one area that took longer than the rest, and that was in industry. Because he wanted to see, I'd, I had started a job within, a, within the year of when we were hoping to get married. He wanted to see me employed in my current employ, for my current employer for one year before he would give his blessing. So you know what we did? We pulled out the calendar. We figured out my start date, that was July 14, and we found the next Sunday, and we circled it. July 19, that would be the day we would get married. And so we did. In a beautiful wedding, out in a, a park, Battleground, Washington. A beautiful day and a very beautiful wife. You know, this week we've been studying the book of Revelation, and one of the things that keeps coming back to me as I study the book of Revelation is the overcomer's reward. You'll find in Revelation 2 and 3 specifically some promises for overcomers. Revelation 2, 7 says that they will eat from the tree of life. Revelation 2, 11, oh, excuse me, says that they won't be hurt by the second death. Revelation 2.17 says they'll have hidden manna to eat. Revelation 2.26 says they'll receive power over nations. Revelation 3.5 says that Jesus will confess their name. Revelation 3.12, they will be made a pillar in God's temple. And Revelation 3.21 says they will sit on God's throne. Is that motivation to you? You know, it was motivating to me to think of July 19. That was a motivation. I was willing to jump through the hoops because I loved Sarah. It was my motivation. I wanted to overcome those obstacles. There's yet another promise to the overcomers. It's found in the book of Revelation and chapter 21 and verse 7. 
And I'm going to, we can read it together. It says, he who overcomes, let's read it on the screen. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Do you want to have that inheritance? You know what inheritance that's talking about? It's talking about the inheritance of a new heaven and a new earth. That is something worth overcoming for. But unfortunately, there are people in this world that say heaven isn't real. John Paul II said this, God is not an old man with a white beard, but a supreme being with both male and female qualities, and there are no pearly gates. He was basically saying, heaven is in our mind. It's a, it's a way of thinking. It's a way of spiritual progression, but it's not a real physical place. The reward that you receive in the heavenly is an ascent spiritually. It's not a physical reward. Deepak Chopra says, heaven is as real as spirit, and spirit is the only reality. Because this spirit is within us all along, it is possible to create a heaven on earth simply by turning within and becoming aware of our innermost selves. Wow. Wow. Heaven is within me. No. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible is our key to understanding what happens in the hereafter. The Bible is our key to understanding what heaven will be like. Second Peter 2, excuse me, Second Peter 1 and verse 19 says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. We have the prophetic word that shows us what will happen in the future. We don't have to question. We don't have to quibble. We have God's word, and it is firm. Acts 3 and verse 21 says, Whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The restoration of all things. This is what the overcomer is seeking. The restoration of the world and the restoration of man. They're intermingled, and they happen at the same time. The restoration of all things. Are you longing for the restoration of all things? Are there things in your life that are broken? Things that may never be fixed in your earthly realm? Are there things, relationships, are there people, are there disabilities, are there pains that you need restored? We have the sure word of prophecy that they will be restored. John, the apostle, had a vision that helped him to see 
the restoration of all things. Turn with me in your Bible to Revelation chapter 21. This is the scripture that we heard Keith read to us this morning. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. What is God going to restore? Eden. Eden, the beauty and perfect existence that Adam and Eve enjoyed in the beginning. That is to be restored. The intimacy, the lack of shame, the beauty, the joy, the communion with our Lord. That is what we long for. That is what needs to be restored. For every pain, for every travail, for every every misunderstanding, for every disunity, for every coward look, There is a solution in a garden restored. Along that river, purity, clarity, and sincerity reign. Isaiah 65, 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. Are there some things in this earth that you want to forget? You would just as soon not remember some decisions you made, some paths you traveled, some hurts that either you caused to yourself or someone else inflicted upon you. There's coming a day where you won't need to remember those anymore. All things will be made new. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I create For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people a joy. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. This week, there was crying in this world. We had a tragic shooting in Thousand Oaks, California. Innocent people cut down in the prime of their life. And then, on Thursday, many of us were alarmed to learn that our loved ones and our friends were being affected by a terrible fire in Paradise, California. How many of you had friends and family members that were impacted by that? There's quite a number here. There were tears in both of those tragedies. There were pain, there were weeping, But a day is coming where the voice of weeping will no longer be heard. The voice of crying will be silenced forever. Praise God. They shall build houses in this beautiful place and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. You know, it seems in this world that we work hard 
and we work hard and, and we try to set aside something that we can enjoy. And then by the time it's time to enjoy it, our bodies are so beat up from the process of trying to enjoy it that we don't have time to enjoy it. Have you noticed that? You come home and you want to enjoy your family and you're too tired to do so. You come into your retirement years and, and your body's worn out. You can't experience the joy of what you've been working hard to do. But in this earth made new, that won't be an issue at all. In this earth made new, you will have the opportunity to build and see the joy of your construction. In this earth made new, Doug, you won't be the only master builder here. There will be others joining you in that trade. You might be a step ahead of us, but we'll be joining you and we'll have fun just like you had fun building your home and seeing your children play in it. We will have the same pleasures. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 21. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Hey, guys, do you remember that day? Married guys? Remember what your wife looked like? Do you remember her coming down the aisle? That's the city. And she is your bride. Ah, there's my bride. I remember her coming down the aisle. And I remember standing there wondering, is she going to come down all the way? Will her dad allow her to come all the way? And then when she did, and when he handed her off, I knew I wasn't supposed to break down up front, but it was tough not to. She had accepted me. She had accepted my invitation. A day is coming where those who remain faithful to Christ will accept his invitation, and he will come and be with them. The beautiful Jerusalem, adorned as a bride for a groom, a groom that doesn't deserve him, a groom who so many times has let her down, unmerited favor. What a gracious gift. Revelation 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. That's what we need more than anything. In the confusion of this world, in the darkness, we need the light of God with hurt, with disappointment, with pain. We need God's presence and to know that it will be an eternity with Him. You know, we're going to talk about a variety of things that are going to be in the earth made new. But more than anything, this is enough, isn't it? God Himself is with us like He was in the garden. Once again, we are restored to a loving, face-to-face -face relationship like it was 
in Eden. He will commune with us. No longer will we have any doubts of his will. No longer will we have any doubts of his presence. No longer will we have any doubts of his voice. He will be with us. And he'll be the only one with any evidence of sin. We will be restored completely. But the scars will remain. The scars that show that he overcame. Unmerited favor. Heaven is God's gracious gift. Do you want to be part of that royal congregation entering into the streets of gold? Do you want to be the groom of this beautiful bride? Let's read more about the city. It says, Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates, and the 12 gates are made of 12 pearls. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. I imagine John there on the island as he's being shown this envision, seeing his name. Lord, I don't deserve that. But there it is. John. Amazing love. Amazing grace. Revelation 21, 16, picking up, says, The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, its breadth, and height are equal. 12 furlongs, or 100, excuse me, 1,500 miles square. Big enough for any who want to come. Large enough for any who would heed the invitation. Is that motivation to you? Are there people in this world that aren't ready? Are there people that need to be invited? That's why we're having these meetings this week. To send out the invitation to come. Don't wait any longer. Come. Come. Revelation 21:22 But I saw no temple in it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. We won't need to set up a church there. We won't need to set up a place to come and see God for he will be there himself. We won't need to go through the motions to approach him. He will be in our midst. And there won't be any sunrise and there won't be any sunset. The city has no need of sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. I don't know the temperature but it'll be perfect. I don't know the color of light but it'll be sublime. I don't know if there'll be shade 
or if we'll need shade. But whatever it will be, it'll be just right for everyone. Children will enjoy the presence of their father. Children will flock to him, and he will show them the beauties of his creation. Another example of another word of prophecy that talks about this is found in Isaiah. Turn with me to Isaiah 35. Isaiah chapter 35. This is talking about the beauties of our future Zion, the beauties of the earth made new. Ah. We'll read it together. It's not going to be on the screen. Verse 1, The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly, and rejoice. Verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. How many of you have eyes that have dimmed? How many of you have ears They can't hear quite as well as they used to. I do. And I know that it doesn't get better from here. But no longer will there be blindness. No longer will people be hard of sight or hard of hearing. And nobody will be in wheelchairs. No need of walkers in heaven. No need of crutches. No need of canes. Praise the Lord. How many of you have watched family members decline? How many of you have seen people slowly slip into their graves? No longer. No longer. And the singing and the joy. Oh, Lyndon, it's going to be like the Caribbean. Verse 10. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And as we sang earlier, sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Oh, that will be a song service. Oh, that will be a procession. Oh, that will be a happy throng. No need to worry. No need to sorrow. No need to sigh. Oh, I want to be there. Isaiah 11.6 again prophesies about that great and wonderful day. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child. Maddie, perhaps, shall lead them. And are we going to know each other? You know, we're here for this time period, and, and some of us may move. Some of us have just moved into town. And 
as we have this transitory culture, sometimes we don't recognize each other 10 years down the road. Have you noticed that? Somebody that knew me when I had more hair here and there might not recognize me today. But in heaven, we will recognize one another. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as also I am known. Don't worry. You'll recognize people. We don't know exactly what age they'll be at, but you'll recognize them. Maybe you didn't know grandma as a young person or grandpa in his youth, but you'll recognize them. And what fun you'll have. My grandma, and I told some of you who went to one of our earlier seminars about her, in her 50s started developing Parkinsonian characteristics. And so for the majority of my life, my grandma slowly but surely was shriveling up. But she would talk about heaven. And unabashed, she would say, I'm going to heaven, and when I get there, I'm dancing with David. No more cane. No more walker. No more wheelchair. I'm going. You want to come dance too? Family members who have loved each other here will love each other there. Joys found here will be joys found there. Let's turn back to Revelation. Revelation chapter 22. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. No thirsty people there. No malnourished people there. No hungry people there. For the life-giving water that goes through the city brings refreshing to every soul. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. Once a month, a new and tasty fruit. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. As you look around the world, do you see divides and conflicts that need healing? Do you see mindsets and thought patterns that need resolving? Healing Healing both physically, but most importantly, emotionally. Healing spiritually. Healing for all, regardless of background, of caste or race. Healing for all nations. Jesus is a globalist, and he offers this to all. Revelation 22, 5. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Marco Polo spent many years on his expeditions 
20 plus years exploring Mongolia and China and the Orient. And when he came back with the report, the people didn't believe him. The things he saw, the technologies, he saw material that wouldn't burn. He saw manufacturing that they had never heard of. As he got older, they kept asking him, tell us more. Tell us more of those, that trip you went on. Tell us more of the journey and the beauties. And on his deathbed, he said, the half has not been told. And so it is about heaven. The half has not been told. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Is heaven cheap enough? Revelation 22, verse 14, has a blessing for you. Blessed are those who do His commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. This week we've invited you to keep the commandments of God. Is there anything in your life that would prohibit you from entering those gates? Is there anything that you're holding on to that today God through His Spirit is inviting you to give up? Is there anything that is an obstacle? Today, I'm going to invite the deacons to pass out some papers. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Jesus invites you. Come. Come. Don't wait for those people in Thousand Oaks. Tomorrow wouldn't be good enough. For those people caught in the fires, tomorrow wouldn't save them. Today is your day. Come. On the paper that the deacons are passing out, you'll see some decisions. The first one says, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior, realizing that in me there is nothing worthy. I exclaim with the elders around the throne, He is worthy. He is worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. The second line says, I choose to repent and turn away from my sinful ways. Lord, today there's something that I need to give up. If that is the desire of your heart, check the second line. I desire, number three, to surrender my entire life to Jesus. Everything, all the way I want to go. Number four, I want to follow Jesus' example in declaring symbolically that I am dead to the world and alive to God. 
And I want to do this through public baptism. There may be some that would like to do that, haven't been baptized yet. This is your opportunity. Maybe you want to talk about baptism. Just mark that. Pastor Chris and others will be happy to to visit with you and help you to see if this is something God is calling you to. Young person, perhaps. Today may be where God is calling and saying, I want you to be in that kingdom. Check that. Next line, I desire to publicly state that I am rededicating my life to following Jesus and I desire to be rebaptized. Maybe you've slipped away. Maybe you've started to look at people rather than God. Maybe you've entered into pathways that you know. You know that God wouldn't want you to. It's today your day to make that statement. And then for all, I desire to continue growing as a follower of Jesus. I desire that day by day, I die to self and live for Him. I choose to have God's law in my mind and heart. And all of you, I hope, can mark the last one. That I desire to be in heaven with Jesus. Today, He desires to be in heaven with you. It's your choice. How will you respond to the Spirit and Bride? Come, come.